It's the second homestand of the season, and Walters is ready to be your pre- and post-game spot this weekend. Bottomless Brunch starts at 11 a.m. on both Saturday and Sunday. Enjoy bottomless mimosas, Bloody Marys, Truly, and Bud Light for only $20 with your purchase of a brunch entree. Be it beer, burgers, bourbon, or baseball, we encourage you to walk on over to Walters. It was pretty cold on Thursday night at Nationals Park, but it's going to be beautiful Saturday and Sunday afternoons for the day games. And no better place to be before, during, or after the game than Walters right across the street from left field. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Corbin sets. Base is loaded. The 1-2 pitch. Swinging a fly ball right field deep. Soto going back. Way back over his head. And gone. Goodbye. Into the Nationals bullpen. That one into the jet stream for an opposite field. Grand slam for Andrew Young. Unbelievable. He clears the bases with his second Major League home run. And Arizona has put seven runs on the board here in the second inning. It's now the Diamondbacks 10 and the Nationals 4. And welcome to Nats Chat for Friday, April 16th, 2021, along with Nats insider Mark Zuckerman of MassInSports.com. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. It was set up so beautifully for Patrick Corbin. Game one of a seven-game homestand. Nats back at Nationals Park facing Corbin's former team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are not a particularly good team, at least so far this year. Sometimes, though, things may be set up one way. They can play out in an entirely different way. And such was the case for Patrick Corbin in an 11-6 loss to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Corbin, 10 runs, 9 earned in two innings. Nats fall to 3-7 and seven on the year. Mark, I'm not sure we could have scripted that much worse. You know, the only thing that you didn't mention, Al, and you can... You didn't need to because you were in the comforts of your own home. If you had been here, like Tim, who lasted a couple innings, and I, you really suffered through a miserable, cold, windy night that included 10 runs in the first two innings by Patrick Corbin. I promised I wouldn't complain at all this year because we're excited that there's baseball, that there's fans back, you know, don't want to ever take it for granted what I get to do for a living. But that was about as bad a combination as you're going to get. Miserable weather, miserable ball game right from the get-go. It was not good. Uh, look, with Corbin, I'd like to say for now, can we stop with the, well, 2020 is a write-off because of COVID-19 and everything else? Like, I think now it's time to be concerned about Patrick Corbin. And it doesn't mean that he's a total lost cause or anything like that. But bad last season, bad in start number one for this season, and now at his worst in his start number two on Thursday night. Ten runs, nine earned in two innings. Gives up three homers, three singles, 
four walks, two hit by pitches. He records one strikeout. He throws a mere 35 of his 63 pitches for strikes. He did talk after the game. Davey talked after the game. What's the deal? What are they saying? Is he hurt? Where are we right now with this guy? This is concerning. It is concerning. And the reason above all else that I'm concerned is that they didn't have an answer for it, at least in the immediate aftermath. Corbin said he feels fine physically. There's not an injury issue going on. He felt like his mechanics were okay and, you know, went back and watched some video, whatever he could pick up on, didn't notice anything. Davey did the same in the, the short amount of time that he had after the game was over. They don't really have an answer for it. And in some ways, that's almost worse. You know, if they could pinpoint and say, hey, this is what it is, or hey, my shoulder doesn't feel right, or clearly I'm, my mechanics are off and that's what's causing me to throw every fastball I throw three inches outside of the zone, at least you'd have an answer for it. But they don't seem to know. And in my mind, that's worse because now you're really searching and it does make you wonder if there's a larger problem here, especially when you combine it with last year's performance, certainly his start the first time in LA. I mean, this is a bad combination. He's not throwing with velocity. He's throwing 90.4 miles an hour on average, his fastball. So he's not throwing with velocity and he's not throwing with command at all. And that's a bad combination, but he's going to get another shot. It sounds like they're going to put him back out there in five days and hope that he can find his way through this. Yeah, I mean, they don't have much choice. You know, we've talked about this. They don't have much depth when it comes to starting pitching. It's not like they got a bunch of guys major league ready at the minor league level banging on the door to be brought up to the major league level. Like, they got to make do with what they have here. And I tell you, man, some of the specifics of these plate appearances for these Diamondbacks batters against Corbin on Thursday night, I mean, it was frightening. That one-out, bases-loaded, hit-by-pitch of Wyatt Matheson in that nightmare of a second inning, a seven-run second inning for the Diamondbacks. We had a nine-run fifth just two nights earlier. We have a seven-run second on Thursday night. But here you have Corbin facing Wyatt Matheson, the number seven batter. He's got him down one-two, and then he hits him with a pitch. And then the next batter, the Andrew Young at-bat. One-out, opposite-field grand slam to right field on another one-two pitch. Young is the Diamondbacks' number eight batter. You let the number eight batter on a one-two pitch go oppo with a grand slam. It was like, oh, my God. I mean, it'd be one thing. The Diamondbacks lineup isn't loaded to begin with, but it'd be one thing, at least, if it was like the top of the order that was dooming you. These are the seven and eight guys that you can't put away. It was brutal. And let me ask you this, because I didn't understand this at all. Davey had Corbin lead off the bottom of the second and then pulls him for Kyle Finnegan to begin the top of the third. Now, what's funny is Corbin got a single, so it kind of worked out for Davey. Another hit for a pitcher. I know, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, shut me up. But why did Davey let Corbin bat there if he was going to pull him to begin the top of the third? I think it was just a case of not wanting to burn up his bench that early and believing that he was going to need the rest of his guys over the course of the game. And, you know, he did have, uh, what, Stevenson and Mercer and then Zimmerman pinch hit later in the game and... There was a point that the boys were kind of battling there and you thought they might have something going. And I actually wondered, would they maybe even send Zimmerman up to hit for Josh Bell late in the game when uh, the Dimebacks brought in a lefty? They were still down five, I think, at that point. So it maybe wasn't the right time, but he wound up using Zimmerman later. So I, I think that was just a case of not wanting to burn up the bench that early in the game. But you're talking about that stretch there. That was about as bad of a, I'm going to say, four batter stretch as you're ever going to see in the second inning. Things were already spiraling down. He'd already let the Diamondbacks bat around in the first, and he's already in trouble in the second. And then he almost gets out of it. Josh Harrison boots. It was a hard hit ball, but it was a potential 4-6-3 that would have gotten him out of the second inning. 
Swinging a ground ball right side, and Harrison can't make the play. It scoots through him, a run scores. All hands are safe, and the game is tied. Arizona 4 and Washington 4. Not to say that everything was going to be fixed, that the game would have been salvaged at that point, but he could have at least gotten out of the inning, come back, start the third inning fresh. So Harrison boots that one, and then he proceeds to walk the number sixth hitter, Haven Smith, then walks him to walk in a run, okay? Then the bases loaded hit by pitch of Matheson, and then the grand slam to the aforementioned number eight hitter, Andrew Young. I mean, that is about as bad of a sequence as you're ever going to find from a quality, experienced big league starter against the bottom of a lineup. And with all due respect, these are not names that we know. Pretty obscure players without track records that he did that against. And that, to me, said that there is a, a problem going on here. This is only Patrick Corbin's age 31 season. I mean, this is not someone in his mid to late 30s where like, okay, this is the end of the line. They've got to fix this. You know, this is year three of that six-year, $140 million contract. There is not an option here, okay? This can't be it for Patrick Corbin. This can't be like, well, he's just going to be a number five starter moving forward. Like, no, they got to fix this. And I, and I still do believe this is not Patrick Corbin. Like, I still got to think that the guy we saw in 2019 is still somewhere there. But the more of these starts that he has, no doubt, like the more frightening it becomes because it's like, okay, can you give us a good outing here? And we're not seeing that. And it's like, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. You bring up the velocity. We know how it goes with pitchers. When the velo goes, that's when the production goes. He's walking the ballpark too. That, that's the other thing, man. He's not throwing strikes at all right now. And like you said, they don't have any answers, which is maybe as frightening as anything. And you combine that with Strasburg. Strasburg, very bad in his last start. Here you have now two-thirds of the top three of your rotation in a bad way right now. That's not the way this is supposed to be. A starting pitching-dependent ball club and two-thirds of the top three of the rotation having problems. It's a good thing Joe Ross has been as good as he's been so far. Yeah, that's saving grace right there, huh? That's why this is, to me, an even bigger problem, because it's not just Corbin. It is Strasburg as well. And boy, is Sunday's start big for Steven now. If he does not look like himself... Now, again, twice in a row with your number two and your number three starters who you're paying a lot of money to and are locked up for a long time are having issues. And even Davey Martinez, you know, admitted it. And he's not one to be real critical in public after a game. And his quote after this one, referring to not just Corbin, but to Strasburg as well, he says, as you guys know, our starting pitching has been the backbone here. So we've got to get these guys right. So, I mean, he's acknowledging a problem there. And that is not in character for Davey to do that. They have to get this right. It starts Sunday with Strasburg, absolutely. And then they've got to spend the next five days and figure out what does Corbin need to do to get right again, because he has not been close to right so far. No, I mean, it's one of the perils of your starting pitching reliant. You're relying on 430-somethings in your rotation. You know, you're kind of walking a tightrope when you do something like that. These guys have track records, but, you know, they're also not all like in their mid-20s either. So, We'll see. I mean, like I said, I still think Corbin can fix this. He's too young and he's been too good to not be able to fix this. But man, that was like the last thing you wanted to see, the outing that he had on Thursday night. Hey guys, Al Galdi here to tell you about FanDuel. So exciting that baseball's back. There's nothing like watching a game with great weather, a cold drink, and a little action on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you've never bet on baseball before, now is the perfect time 
to give it a shot. Fantasy contests of all ranges. There's the $250 MLB small sack fly if you really want to go for it. There's the $150,000 MLB squeeze. FanDuel is letting new users swing for the fences risk-free. You'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. And once you have an account, you can get up to $25 back each day if your same game parlay bet falls one leg short. This way you can combine multiple baseball bets for an even bigger win all season long. There's a reason FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. The app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like same game parlay and always on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with the promo code CHAT to get in on the action. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code CHAT. 21 plus and present Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, or West Virginia. First on my real money wager, only for risk-free bet. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site. Credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 109 with it, Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 100-GAMBLER, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. Tennessee, 1-800-889-9789. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Are you interested in buying or selling your home? Support for Nats Chat comes from Rachel Levy of Compass Real Estate. By focusing on the personal parts of the real estate process and using technology to simplify the rest, Rachel seamlessly guides her clients through their experience. Rachel uses her deep local knowledge and exceptional customer service to advocate for her clients all across D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. To learn more, follow her on Instagram at Real Estate Rachel. When Jackie Robinson dumps Reynolds' fastball pitch into short left for a single, Reese scores and ties up the ball game at one apiece. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You brought up the defense. I mean, yeah, that Harrison boot, that was bad. That could have been an inning-ending double play. You know, there was another defensive boot, but two later in the game, Starling Castro, that two-out throwing error in the top of the sixth. Though, I tell you, it would have been nice if Josh Bell could have made that pick. I mean, that was not an impossible pick for Josh Bell to make, and he couldn't make it. The sloppiness in the field continuing on Thursday night. It did, and, you know, again, I don't want to excuse anybody, but we've seen a couple of games now where their starting pitcher essentially took him out of the game early. And now they've got to fight through the rest of the game. And again, they're professionals. They need to make the plays and stay you know, focused and all that in the game. But it did have a little bit of that feeling of uh, we're just kind of going through the motions here. Let's just try to get through this game on a cold night. But I agreed with you. Castro got a little lazy on the throw. Trey Turner had one as well that wasn't so great. And Bell had one nice scoop and then the other one that he could have made and didn't. And that's where we talk about it all the time. That's where Zimmerman comes into play. He saves so many errors from his teammates. And look, Josh Bell's going to do a lot of good things for this team, but this is going to be an ongoing issue with him. And if you're going to put him out there, you need perfect throws from everyone. You can't rely on him to bail your your other infielders out. And it's something that we're going to see more and more over the course of the season. And you just hope that it doesn't come at a, a really critical moment that costs them. Yeah, and Bell was productive at the plate, one for four with a couple of RBI, went out first pitch RBI double in the Nats four run first, went out first pitch RBI sack fly in the one run seventh. With the offense, what was the deal with Victor Robles? Victor Robles, so first of all, again, Davey has him as a number nine batter. I mean, I just, you know, please stop it with this. But anyway, Robles is in that number nine spot, struggles again at the plate, 0 for 2 with a strikeout, and then very interestingly, very bizarrely, gets replaced in the game by Andrew Stevenson. Stevenson pinch hit in the bottom of the fourth, and then to begin the top of the fifth, Stevenson is in center field, not Robles. And Stevenson looked good at the plate, had some good plate appearances, had a uh, a two-out single in the bottom of the eighth. But I know Davey said after the game, it wasn't like an injury thing with Robles. I mean, was this just a benching of of Victor by Davey? Well, I mean, yes, but I think the way Davey's describing it, and I asked him the question because I had the same concern. Did something happen there, whether it was an injury or some other reason that they felt like he needed to come out of the game? And he said no, that it essentially was just trying to push back the pitcher spot in the lineup as far as they could because they knew now they're going to need multiple innings from whoever's coming in next. And that was Luis Avalon, who bounced back big from his disastrous relief appearance a couple nights ago in St. Louis and gave them two scoreless. So good for him. They needed that. And I think it just amounted to you're trying to push the pitcher spot as far back as you can. But it was a little early in the game to do that. It only pushed it one spot. So we're not talking about a big double switcher that had a dramatic effect on anything. I did think it was strange. After that, and I don't know if it showed up on the broadcast because I think it was in between innings, but Davey was talking to a couple of the umpires and he had his lineup card out. And I almost thought, did something go wrong there where they lost that spot in the lineup and it didn't go the way it was supposed to? But he said no, that that was the replay system back in the clubhouse went down. And so he had to notify the umpire so that they could tell the other team that, uh, you know, what was going on. So it wasn't anything like that. A weird moment. I'm not sure I have a great explanation for it, but it doesn't appear that anything had happened to Robles to warrant the uh, taking him out of the game at that point. So for everyone listening right now to the Nats Chat podcast, Davey Martinez, who batted the starting pitcher eighth, then a few innings into the game decided he wanted to push back where the pitcher was batting. (laughs) Maybe don't bat him eighth, Davey. I don't know. Maybe just bat him ninth. You don't have that problem moving forward. You know, something to think about there. 
All right, so, so there were positives, all right? Josh Harrison, again, a positive. He is hitting out of his mind right now. You know, Nats offense overall actually wasn't bad on Thursday night. You score six runs. They had a bunch of hits. But Harrison, the two-out ribby single in the Nats four-run first, the leadoff homer on a bomb to left field in the bottom of the sixth inning. You know, it's funny. The uh, the Nats honor is Drupal Cabrera, who's with the Diamondbacks on Thursday night in a class move. That was very nice to see. But we made that comp on our previous installment of the podcast. Harrison's kind of another is Drupal here, a discarded veteran who's done well. And man, he is just locked in right now. Yeah, no, he's been fantastic. He also had the RBI single in the first. I've lost track of the numbers now, but it's something like eight for 11, I think, since his 0 for 3 start on Monday. Really valuable. And all the talk all spring about Tartar Keyboom not winning the job at third. Now they're going to have to put Starlin Castro at third. And what would that mean? And Josh Harrison is the beneficiary of that. And right now, would you rather have Harrison or Keyboom in your lineup? It's not even a contest, no contest at all. Harrison's been great for them. That's really encouraging. And, you know, you mentioned they had a decent night at the plate. That to me was above everything else why the Corbin start was so agonizing. After the awful top of the first, they come back and score four runs in the bottom of the first. The first three batters, Turner, Soto, Bell, just crushed the ball against Merrill Kelly. All three, 100 miles an hour off the bat or more. And then that doesn't even include the Starlin Castro two-run homer. So they take the lead four to three, and then Corbin goes back to the mound and gives it all back and more. And that was such a deflating moment. I mean, it, it felt like at the end of the first okay, you got through this. There's still a chance here. You're, you may take control of this game. You're going to hit this guy. And they really didn't hit Kelly that much the rest of the night after that. No, but that's so true. You answer a three spot with a four spot, and then you give it right back with a seven spot. And it's like, you know, what more are you supposed to do? You, you score six runs. You total 11 hits. You knock around the opposing pitcher, even though, you know, it lessened as the game went on. But Merrill Kelly, six runs in six innings. Like, you should win that game. That should be a win for you. If you're a playoff team, you win a game like that. And uh, clearly, that's not what ended up happening. You mentioned the bullpen. It was good to see Luis Avilon do as he did. You know, it was another good game for the Nats pen. I mean, rather quietly, the Nats bullpen's been pretty good so far. Kyle Finnegan had a couple of scoreless innings. Avilon, the two scoreless and hitless innings. The Zuckerman Suero meter had to be tapped into once again. Another outing for him. Where are we at now with Suero? Nine out of ten. Seven appearances plus two <laughs> warm-ups in ten games. Dave even acknowledged it after the game, smiled about it. He said, we might need to be a little concerned here, but every day Wander tells me that he's good to go and he's ready to pitch. And so for now, he's on pace for something like 113 appearances. Wander Suero is going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery in-game in the middle of July. I'm convinced of that. And could then pitch the next day after it. Yeah, right, right. But you know what? He's doing well. He tossed a perfect seventh on Thursday night. The only boo-boo, Hudson gave up the solo homer with two outs, top of the eighth to Pavin Smith. And then Brad Hand had an odd ninth inning, scoreless ninth, but he issues back-to-back one-out hit-by-pitches. I tell you, on Thursday night, it was rough for all Nats pitchers from this standpoint. Seven total walks issued and five hit-by-pitches issued. Way too many free passes in the game. I don't know if I've ever seen five hit-by-pitches by one team, and that didn't involve a brawl. No. And there was no question. You know, it wasn't like the Diamondbacks were upset about it at all. That was a weird one, and I don't know, maybe the cold night they were having trouble gripping the ball, but, I mean, that was pretty crazy. You don't think the Diamondbacks might retaliate for that, do you, moving forward in the series? I wouldn't think so. I mean, I, I couldn't detect anything coming from their dugout about being upset about it. And it, the game's getting out of hand, and I don't think they had any reason to 
to think there was anything intentional behind it. And it didn't look like anyone really took it up and in anything like that. So I, you would certainly hope not. I, you know, I, one of my big pet peeves about baseball is sometimes these, these players and these teams are just taking it way too personally when there was no intent. It does happen sometimes. Guys get hit by pitch. Guys get thrown upstairs, up and in. Doesn't mean it's on purpose. It doesn't mean you have to retaliate. And I feel like so many of these situations that escalate don't need to and that they're more because of the second team, not because of the first team. It's usually because the team that got hit by pitch takes more offense to it than they should have. Yeah. And you have this holding of grudges. It's like something happened two years ago and we still remember it. And so we're going to get our revenge today. And it's like, geez, can you just let it go? Like, what, what's the big deal at this point? <clears throat> Hunter Strickland? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Leave the brawling to Adam Eaton. Okay. He does it well. <laughs> let him do that. Okay. Please. Well, Mark, uh, big spot for Max Scherzer on Friday night. Game two of this series, 7.05. It's a Max Scherzer on Friday. Nats are going Scherzer, Eric Fetty, then Saturday afternoon. Steven Strasburg, like you said, on Sunday afternoon. But boy, do they need Max to be the Max we all know and love on Friday night. They need it. Thankfully, you know, really since the first couple innings on opening day, he's been very good. He's been the Max Scherzer. He knows it. He he knows what's at stake, and he understands when they need a stopper. He won't come out and say it, but he he knows it. He knows that the bullpen got burned up in this game. I asked Davey, you know, do you need a fresh arm from Fredericksburg? And he felt like everybody should be in decent shape. And I think in the back of his mind, he knows that he has Scherzer starting on Friday. And so that hopefully means a guaranteed six or seven innings. I'll be curious, do they get him up to 100 pitches, which he hasn't done yet? Is he ready for that? Or are they going to try to take it easier with him like they have with everyone so far? But they need a good start from Max Scherzer. They need to do what they did (laughs) in this game and score early and then hope that their pitcher can hold on to that lead and get back on track. It's been such a roller coaster this first two weeks of the season. I feel like one night we're saying, boy, all right, they're fixed, they're good. And then the next night is disaster again. This is a weekend where it would seem like they can get things under control and start being the team they're supposed to be. But they got off on the wrong foot in the the opener of the series. Your runs allowed by the Nats over the last four games, 2, 14, 0, and 11. You talk about feast or famine. That's the way it's been over these last four games here for the Nats. All right, we want to hear from you. It's been a lot of fun interacting with you guys on Twitter. So keep the feedback coming. You can uh, tweet the podcast at Nats underscore chat. You can also email us Nats chat podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to become a sponsor of the Nats chat podcast, contact the man above all of this, Tim Shovers. You can reach him again, Nats chat podcast at gmail.com. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. For Mark Zuckerman, I'm Al Galdi. We'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. Robinson dashes to the plate. It's close, and umpire Summers calls him safe on the daring maneuver. But Yogi Berra doesn't think so. And the fans will never forget the sight of Jackie Robinson preparing for the plate on his daring steal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.